Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again. You can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod, or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Welcome back for Working Fans Podcast episode what are we 105 now i think oh we just fucking we won something baby we got so much episodes man people want to change our name i told you about that feedback we got some girl was talking about got changed that logo all that stuff you know but but she, she listened to the show so i don't know yeah working fans podcast episode 105 top paul orndorff matches it's me it's the man they call dave and just in the nick of time Coming from God knows where, AJ Strange Brew, because he, live. he would not miss top Paul Orndorff matches of 531. I'm AJ. sorry, guys. I just flew in from Japan. I've been vaccinating all the Joshi women. I'm sorry. I'm trying to help. That's all right, man. You got in this here. We're, uh, we're recording, right? We're, we're ready. We're in it. Yeah, now, guys, you. Top Paul Orndorff matches. This is something that's important to both of you more so than me. Kind of share your thoughts of Paul Orndorff before we go into these matches. Paul Orndorff was the very first bad guy I ever liked. You know, I just, I don't know. It was the red robe, the pile driver. I just thought he was cool as shit. And I was super happy when he was a baby face. But even when he became a baby face as a young kid who still kind of believed in the business, this guy <laughs> about him and you know then he turned on our hero 
as AJ would call him, the great Hulk Hogan, you know, and he, he said that, you know, he was like, he, I knew something was up because, like, you know, he tried to call Hulk and Hulk was busy for a, doing a workout. And I'm like, that ain't going to sit right with Mr. Wonderful. And sure enough, following week, Orndorff Power drove his ass. So, But I was always a big so, fan of Paul. So there was just something. Paul Orndorff had, first of all, one of the best physiques I've ever seen in wrestling. Mm. He looked like what you would expect a superstar to look like. He had a cool nickname, the Brandon Bull, which wasn't always used, obviously. But from time to time, that's what Gorilla Monsoon would call him because he's from Brandon, Florida. He was a football player. He grew up in that Florida area. He just absolutely tremendous athlete. But he always had that face that looked like a bad guy. No matter how much he was trying to be a good guy and how much he was saying like good guy words, mm. his face just said, I want to kill you. And, yeah. and it was very hard for me to ever believe him as a good guy. But he was the second heel that I could remember that was that cool heel. Obviously, mm. superstar Billy Graham was the first one that I remembered being like that. But then Paul Orndorff was that cool heel. There was just something about him. And I still think he beat Hogan for the championship. His feet hit the ground first. <laughs> All right, since Mr. Wonderful died a couple weeks ago, we want to pick his top matches and go over them. And the first list I got is from Dave Fabe. He's got Paul Orndorff versus Ox Baker in an arm wrestling match he saw on Mid-South TV. We got Orndorff versus Tito Santana versus for the IC title. He saw this on the MSG network back in the day. He's a little bit of an older fan. Obviously, he's got Hogan and T versus Orndorff and Piper. Mm. He's got guys. I he went to a UWF event in New York oh. and he saw Orndorff go over Valentine. And then that, his last that was the crappy UWF too. That wasn't the good <laughs> yeah. UWF. That was crappy. Yeah, that was yeah, he, That's a good match. Yeah, he said it was a bright spot in an otherwise shaky yeah. card. And then his last match was Orndorff versus Arn, Clash of the Champions 11. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about I think, two tough I customers. think Orndorff's later work is a little underrated, to be honest with you. The stuff he did in WCW, NWA, was great. I enjoyed Pretty Wonderful with him and Paul Roma. We yeah. actually have a list coming up that is along those same lines. But, Dave, what's the first list you got for us today? All right, my friends. Let's get right to it. I'm prepared. Hold on a second here. We got Randy Osga. All right, everybody's favorite. He's got Mr. Wonderful versus Hulk Hogan, the Steel Cage main event from Saturday Night's main event. Yeah. That's hey, hard to argue with it. That, yeah. That's a hard one to beat. He's got Horndorf versus Piper from Saturday Night's Main Event, October 5th, 85. Paul Horndorf versus Cactus Jack, Falls Count Anywhere match, Super Brawl 3, February 21st, 1993. Also, Paul Horndorf, Iron Anderson from that Clash of Champions you talked about. And he's got the original WrestleMania. In terms of historical significance, I can see where a lot of people might have that first Mania match. Man, that Cactus Jack shit, in particular what AJ was talking about, his later work in WCW, his stuff with Cactus Jack was just off the page. I thought it was really good. And Cactus was a big part of that. As tough as Mr. Wonderful was, Cactus Mick Foley really went out of his way to taking some crazy bumps for Paul at that time. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about Paul Endorf in that time period also is you can already see that he's having nerve damage and trouble with his arm because he did whatever, God knows what, pinched what nerve or what caused the atrophy, but you could already see that one of his arms is struggling. 
And that match with Cactus Jack was just out of this world. Yep. Now, it's funny you bring up Orndorff versus Cactus Jack because Al Hunt is the next list I have. And is he related to Mike? His little brother. <laughs> now, like him. His first match is Survivor Series 87, Butch Reed, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Rick Rude, and the One Man Gang versus Bigelow, Morocco, Hogan, Patera, and Orndorff. A little bit of an older fan, and he's a sucker for the Survivor Series. His second match, Paul Orndorff versus Cactus Jack, Super Brawl 3. He, another UWF one. This is funny. Orndorff beat Orton for the Southern States title on a UWF Fury Hour, a forgotten TV show in most people's eyes. He's got Pretty Wonderful versus Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan, Mm. Back Beach 1994. And he's got Hogan and T versus Orndorff and Piper, WrestleMania 1. So far, that WrestleMania match has been on everybody's list. Yes, it has. I don't know if it's necessarily, again, like the greatest match, if you ever see it. But it certainly is. I mean, you talk about a claim to fame being on the original WrestleMania main event. Yeah, yeah, the claim to fame is is that Orton was the only one who was willing to do the job in the match. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul took the pin. But Orton had to, like, yeah. But but he was the only one who was willing to. Piper wasn't willing to do a job. Obviously, you weren't going to job out T or Hogan. Right. It had to be Orndorff. Right. True. Now, who do you got for your next list, Dave? I got our boy Jesse from New Hampshire. He also has the first Mania main event. He's also got that Hogan Cage match from SNA Saturday Night's main event 87. He's got Morocco Mania 2. He's got, oh, cactus, he's got the Cactus Jack Falls Scout Anywhere, Super Bowl three, and he's got Ricky Steamboat, TV title, Clash of the Champions. Wow. That's a good one. Well, the good thing about um, New Hampshire is they haven't actually gotten the UWF events yet. They're coming to live cable next week. Next year for them, so. <laughs> All right. I've got I'm excited it. for them. <laughs> the next list I got is from Mike Allen. Now, he was big into WCW in 1994, so he's got Pretty wonderful, defeated Stars and Stripes, the Patriot and Marcus Alexander Bagwell on a WCW Saturday. That might be the only list Marcus Bagwell ever makes. (laughs) He's got pretty wonderful, defeated the Nasty Boys on WCW Saturday night. He was a big, pretty wonderful mark. He was at at Slamboree 94, where pretty wonderful, his favorite tag team, got to take on the Armstrongs, Brad and Brian. And he said it was a hell of a match. And then he's got Flying Brian and Sting defeated pretty wonderful. And he's got that. Since he was such a Paul Wendorf mark, he went back and watched the Mania 1 match. And like Dave said, it wasn't the greatest match. But since he liked Orndorff so much, he took in the historical significance Mm. of it. That Armstrong match was probably a a dark match or maybe on the Sunday night's main event version of that Super Brawl too. Because I don't, I don't know if that made the actual pay per view. But either way, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it was a dark match. It was at that Slambury. It might have showed up on something. Yeah. So, Uh, so I'm working on going back to training right now. And one of the places I'm talking to is Paradise Alley by uh, Paul Roma. I will let him know that he's got a huge fan out there of Pretty Wonderful, and he made our top list five times on that kid's card. Yeah, Mike Allen. Now, AJ, why don't you give us your list, and then how many more lists you got there, Dave? You got one more than mine. All right. 
So, so my list is actually, I have Bob Orton Jr. also, but I have it from November 7th, 1985. It's one of the wrestling classics. If you go back on the WWE Network, they have the wrestling classics on there now. Sorry, Peacock Wrestling Network or whatever the yeah. fuck you want to call it. They're, they're starting to show the wrestling classics. And one of the ones they have on there is Bob Orton Jr. actually against Paul Orndorff. And Paul Orndorff wins by DQ with interference by Rowdy Piper. So that's a good little match. I got the Saturday night's main event actually against Adrian Adonis, mm. where um, Adrian Adonis wins by disqualification. Paul Orndorff actually gets disqualified. He hits Adrian Adonis with his own um, whatever that perfume thing was from the flower shop. Another one that I have is actually the big event, August 28th, oh, yeah. 1986. Hulk Hogan defeated Paul Orndorff by disqualification. I have Paul Orndorff the uh, match versus Cactus Jack, just like everybody else has, because to me that was just hard hitting and really started to show what Cactus could do when he got to <coughs> WCW. And then the other one that I have is this is to me a little bit of a lost one. It's from June eighth of nineteen eighty seven. Orndorff had just turned heel again, obviously, but he's wrestling Ken Patera. And on the June 87 show, and it's absolutely fantastic. Ken Patera, uh, it's really one of the last good matches he had. At that point, he had come back with the brown hair and couldn't really move the way he used to move. But they pulled down a hell of a match. All right. Now, for the sake of time, Dave, since we're up against the clock, I don't I, know. I got you, it. Uh, I got it. Don't worry. All right. Mike Caldwell from the Mikey and Fred page. He's asked Paul Horner versus Bob Orton for that same wrestling classic match. You think AJ ripped off this list? He's got Paul Horner versus Adrian Adonis from Saturday Night's Main Event. He's got Paul Horner versus Hulk Hogan from the big event. <laughs> All right. Here's where it's going to differ. He's got Paul Horner versus B. Blind Blair. Join in progress. The Paula, Ch Paula chants are coming in loud and very clear, and Hordorf isn't happy. Very good match, uh, July 7th, 84. I wonder if that's a um, – nope, that's got to be WWE at that time. And then he's got Hogan and Paul Hordorf versus the Moondogs. He doesn't say this, but that is the emphasis match where Hordorf turns on Hogan afterwards. Yeah, that's the one where he actually turns on him and clotheslines him out of his boots. And since we're short on time, I will go immediately to my list. I got Hogan versus Hordorf in that cage as well. Also, versus, Wonderful versus Cactus Jack, like everybody else. I got Wonderful versus Hogan in that big event, like AJ does. I will add that that was a event that was made for VHS, and it drew 74,000 people in Toronto. I would like uh, to point out that Dave has seen uh, Mike's list, and I had not, so maybe one of us stole it. Uh, I also have <laughs> Brian Pillman, Dustin Rhodes, and Steve Austin. That's a good one. I was like, Brian Pillman, Sting, and Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin and Paul Orndorff uh, and Rick Rude. And that was the Thunderdome cage match, Super Brawl 94. And I have the Mania 1 main event as well. Okay, for the sake of time, guys, I'll get this ball rolling. I think the Mania 1 main event's got to be in there. The cage match has got to be in there. Jack's got to be in there. And I'll throw Cactus Jack in there. All right? And one of them's got to go. Sorry, Mick. We love you. Bang, bang. You're <laughs> out of here. And that's going to leave the two. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, AJ, I'll let you fucking pick it. Do you want to go with historical significance or do you want to go with that cage match, which honestly is pretty historic? I, I'm too. going with the cage match because I still think Orndorff hit first and uh, the WrestleMania match sucked. You know what? I agree. 5 3 1. Fucking pile driver. Hogan, you lost. We're out. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. 
That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality t-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, like, divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Fans, we are joining you today to talk an Impact Plus. What would you call this? Like an event? It's, just, it's one of their exclusive events. You know, they, they have those exclusively for Impact Plus. Homecoming 2021. I only saw one other one. It was in 2019 for Impact Wrestling. Did they do a similar setup to this that they did in that first homecoming? Was it like a mixed tag tournament? I should have looked. I did not, my friend. I did not check that out. But Because I going like into this event, like I haven't kept up with Impact, sadly, much since Slammiversary. And I didn't realize it was a mixed tag event coming in. Once I realized what was going on, I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. But... They did not, by the way. 2019 okay. was, a, was, a, was a separate event. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, it's almost similar. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with NWA recently either, but they're doing something called the Championship Series in between while they have their right before they have their two big events coming in April. And so it's like these team concepts where uh, I think Nick Aldis and um, somebody, I forget, maybe Terrence Well, are like, they have a team, right? And then Austin Idol and somebody has a team. And they all have teams. And they all have like singles matches and you're trying to earn points. And it's just like, it's a little bit a confusing concept, I think. But at the same time, it's like, they're trying to do different things. Like, you know what I mean? To like keep the show going for like, besides your regular storylines. And I kind of like respect it, I guess. But also at the same time, it's like, I don't know if all these are hits. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's good that they're doing something. I haven't been keeping up with NWA over the past month. I do got to catch up going into that women's pay-per-view and then the anniversary show nwa they do a lot they seem to do a lot of concepts to keep things going like if they don't have a show they'll have right. like a review show or something and i always seem to tune in on the weeks when it's that other show like the last <laughs> time i tuned in it was like some review show and i'm like come on man i'm here for the wrestling so I was uh, like, power search power search yeah right? that's like, it was. like a half hour 40 minutes i think you get one match and then it was like, uh, yeah, tons of look back at different segments. I was going to say, too, ironically, since we're talking Impact, I would say uh, the thing that's got me most excited for the NWA pay-per-view, at least the women's pay-per-view coming up, was Mickie James on Impact when she was doing her um, angle with Perrazzo and wanted to get there. And the confrontation they had on the pay-per-view and in the following week's TV episode, they had a confrontation, too, where Gail Kim got involved as well, where Perrazzo agreed to do it, by the way. But that's... Actually, what got me most excited about that NWA Women's pay-per-view was that. Yeah, you do need female talent for that. And seeing Deanna Perrazzo come in, that is a huge talent. And I want to see who she can get matched up with in that. But we watched Homecoming from over the weekend. It mm. crept up on me. I think I found out about it the day of, maybe the day after. And I'm like, oh, I'll have to go back and watch that. And without getting into the actual details of the event, 
what were your thoughts of this event to start off with? I, again, I mean, it's not something, it wasn't a can't miss show. You know what I mean? At the same time, I will say this again, bringing this back to Deanna Perrazzo of all people, like that was the big story coming out of it. It was her and I'm going to butcher you Ray Walt. Ray Walt, thank you. The Drama King, formerly known as Aiden English as part of the Vaude Villains and also his time with Rusev and WWE as his manager. Rusev Day! That whole yep. thing. But uh, I thought the Drama King and Perrazzo, the Virtuosa, I thought what a great fit. You know, they end up winning this mixed tag team event and it was great. I liked the little crown and I thought I kind of hope to see more of them together. I think like they could be a good fit together. And I thought that was the main thing about this event. Like it was to showcase them as a potential unit and team. And boy, I'll tell you what, for people that, you know, who left WWE and went to AEW, Perrazzo, who left WWE and went to Impact, like she's done so well at just reinventing herself. And maybe it's not even reinventing. It's maybe Impact just putting the spotlight on her. But wow, I'm so impressed with her. And I definitely hope that either she gets to AEW at some point or gets a run in WWE again that she deserves because she's someone who deserves a national spotlight. Her character, I know she's said in things, she's like her mic work is the thing she needs to continue to work on the most. But to me, she's getting there. She's getting there. As a, her character is great and her in ring, her persona, it's all perfect for her. Yeah. And I mean, we already talked about the ending to this whole thing, but let's start at the beginning. We started sure. off with Hernandez and Alicia Edwards joined the ring by Johnny Swinger feature versus Deanna Perrazzo and what was billed as a mystery opponent who was mm. unveiled to be Matthew Raywalt. And at first, you know, we knew the Drama King was coming, so that wasn't a surprise. But I was kind of like, what is he going to bring? How is this going to go? His opening promo, I thought, was a good debut. It was, I'd say, a decent opener. Hernandez and Alicia Edwards felt like an odd team. Like, if you had Eddie Edwards and his wife, this tournament, I don't know, it might have fit together more because you had like Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green together who will wrestle in the next match. You have Jordan Grace and Petey Williams who have had this association. Alicia Edwards and Hernandez might have had an association, but to me it was it just seemed like an odd team. Uh, their association was through uh, Swinger's Palace. Right. And that's why they came out with Johnny Swinger. But yeah, it just they look like an odd misfit toys connection. Like they didn't really go together. Then to me it was like it was telling, right? Like, there was never really a doubt in the outcome of this. Like, I was not expecting Alicia Edwards and Hernandez to go over in this. This was to showcase, you know, Perrazzo and the Drama King and see how they were going to fit as a team. And I think right away, I knew, I didn't know Perrazzo and him were going to win, but I knew, like, okay, this is going to be the two going in the finals. Yeah, I saw them going to the finals. Obviously, you're going to put them up against teams that will lose, but this just seemed too obvious. Mm -hmm. Now, after this match, Stryker and D'Lo, they kind of broke down the night. They let us know we were going to see Josh Alexander versus Black Taurus for the X Division Championship. And obviously, Eddie Edwards versus W. Morrissey. The next match, Jordan Grace and Petey Williams versus Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. Now, going into this tournament, I don't know who you thought would win. But for me, I thought this was Cardona and Green all day. So, I yeah. thought... 
Steiner entrance was cool. It plays on Jordan Grace's nickname. Obviously, Petey Williams has that association with Scott Steiner. I thought it was a fun match, even though the outcome seemed obvious. Jordan Grace, amazing in the ring. Same with Petey Williams. Yeah. There was a post-match attack by Steve Macklin, who he's from the WWE too, right? I He was part of the Forgotten Sons gimmick. Okay, with, um, well, I don't know guys. who he is. Forgot him yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> we forgot you. I think that was a chant at the uh, old NXT days when they were just doing the tapings, you know, at the. Oh, yeah, when you got shitty booking because you had such a powerful team, but you just put them in this middle forgotten area that, yeah, they're going to get something like that. Unfortunate name for that situation. Yeah, he's actually, uh, ironically, this keeps segueing, but I believe he's actually the real life boyfriend, though, of Deanna Peraza. But they're okay. not they're not putting them together. Now, yeah, I would agree. Much like the first match, I kind of knew who was gonna win here, but I also thought that PD and Grace just they went together and it left the outcome a little more in doubt. And they all put together an entertaining match. There were moments on this where you're like, hey, you know, but nope. At the end, Cardona and Cardona and Green, who should have went over, did go over. I actually would have liked to seen them versus the Drama King and the Virtuoso in the finals. That, as we'll talk, did not play out that way, but I thought that would have been a better finals. I was going to say that is one of my notes in the later matches. Oh, okay, so we're on the same page. All right. Anyway, go ahead. So Let's following see. this was a W. Morrissey promo. I would say probably the best promo I think I've ever heard him cut, mm. if not the best, close to the best. And it set the stage for a main event that I really didn't care about. Yeah, no, um, he's been they trying to push him. And I mean, now we got fans back. And to me, it's just showing how he's not really connecting for whatever reason. I don't know why he's big. He's strong. I think he needs like I watched him in SWE Fury a few times with Molina and the presentation's a little better over there. I think he needs that. I think he needs a mouthpiece or a good-looking manager or somebody to, like, catch your eye. Uh, there needs to be something else with him. I mean, if you look at his most success, it was with Enzo. It was with Enzo doing the majority of the talking, and he had a few lines. He's a great big guy. He's got a good look. But for whatever reason, I think he just needs that little something extra that he hasn't had yet. Yeah, for to me, he's like a piece of cooked chicken. It's good on its own, but it's missing that flavoring to make it complete. Like, He's getting better. He's doing better than I thought I'd care about him in his post-WWE career. But, but where are the mashed potatoes? Give me my mashed potatoes and my gravy. Damn it. <laughs> so following this promo, we had Tommy Dreamer and Rachel Ellering versus Brian Myers and a mystery opponent. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> now, Sam Beal, Brian's assistant, who I haven't kept up with. I just had to look that name up to find out who it was. Brings out Missy Hyatt and classic yeah it i didn't expect it we got more of a match than i thought out of this mm. but this is another one where you're like god i wonder who's gonna win this right 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 when misty comes out and says i'm not a wrestler <laughs> you're like okay so this is interesting he's it's, not dressed for wrestling not even dressed like, for wrestling you knew what's gonna happen but it was an interesting throwback seeing misty hyatt on there it was something different yeah, she um, looks all right for her age. I mean, definitely had a few things done. You're a lovely lady, Missy. We'll leave it at that. I don't know who my man's talking about. Anyway. <laughs> no, I follow her. I She's a good follow still. Yeah. Looks good for her age, but 
But Tommy Dreamer, Rachel Elring, I come up Came with the Road Warrior. Yep, Road Warrior inspired. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. with the Doomsday device. I like it that did. whole motif. I, I did. I like that. I would say it's interesting, though, because besides Deanna Ferraza, one other person I thought who's done great in Impact, really reinvented himself, was Brian Myers. And I know that story will continue, but this was not going to be the showcase of Brian Myers. This was more about the story of uh, Sam Beal continuing to mess things up, it looks like, for Brian Myers and not be able to get him the right tag team partner. And, and at the very least, you're getting to see some personality out of Brian Myers. We're oh, getting yeah. good in-ring matches. You're getting that good personality. He's done good in impact same with so. rachel ellering i think she's really starting to gain a name for herself and this could be that first spot for her to pop off and get that bigger stage absolutely i mean she had a i think she had one match maybe in AEW dark and she was obviously in the may young classic there for a while but she hasn't had a chance to really showcase herself on a promotion and i think impact has given her that platform and i think it's good for her i think I don't know. I'm I'm excited with what we've seen Rachel Ellen so far. I think she's definitely got time to get better. And that's the great thing about Impact and some of these other promotions. Yeah, I would have liked to see her stay in that tag team she started with. But working with Tommy Dreamer is just as good. Following this, we got a Violent by Design promo. Good enough. I mean... It didn't really do a ton for me, but I don't know if it's just because I knew this was like an Impact Plus event that... I wasn't as excited as I would be for a full-blown pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know uh, if I was just tired when watching it, but like certain uh, things didn't hit for me. This did nothing, and I like Final Nine. No. See, I like them too, but honestly now, with Jay White showing up, with uh, you know the Good Brothers Omega, and some more New Japan talent being there, and then you know stuff the different promotions, I feel like they're starting to lose steam. Like, they're kind of starting to get lost a little bit for me. I'm not saying, like, I'm completely down on them yet, but, like, we need to see them involved in something and see the next. I I'm done with the Willie Mack, former world Rich champion. Swan. Rich Swan. Yeah, I'm done with this feud. So, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I, I want to see different things for Swan and Willie Mack, too. I just, yeah. you know, let's move in different directions. See, I think when your promo is, like, all about how Diener is going to get it for you, then maybe that's what lost it. Like, I'm like, fuck this guy. But... Yeah. Following this promo, we got the decay of Rosemary and Crazy Steve versus Falaba and Tasha Steeles. And following a theme where the entrances are kind of fun, yeah. they kind of match up with each other. I like this match. This was, I would say, maybe the first match that honestly got me into it. Like Cardona and Chelsea Green, I was into, but I also expected them to win. So it wasn't like I was like, like sitting there focused, but this was the one that I was like, okay, I think he got me in here for it. So follow up. Uh, I don't know, man. I just don't take the guy seriously, but he's funny at times. To he's me, got good spots. His team yeah. with TJP has been all right. Yeah. I I'm a big fan of Rosemary in particular. I love decay. I'm glad I, to me, I knew they were going over here. Uh, this was another one where I didn't really, it wasn't really in doubt to me. Yeah, but, a lot of these first round matches, it seemed obvious. And this one was 9-14, so that was the second longest match of the show so far. Yeah. yeah. Cardona and Green had the longest one. Which there was, was a great, great spot in there where Falabaugh kind of pushed Rosemary down. And weirdo, he made that little like face like Rosemary does. And then Rosemary did it, and he gets scared. And yeah. Runs away. So, I mean, there's some fun. This was a fun match at times. I'll, I'll give it that. But This also featured the biter face-off chant, which kept up for a while during this, which... 
I was like, all right, if that's what you guys want. That's what they want at Sky Studio, baby. <laughs> following this was, this was the last match of the first round. So following this was the Steve Macklin promo. Yep. Uh, once again, kind of forgettable for me because I was like, oh, what's this guy doing here? Next up was the first singles match of the show. Willie Mack brought to the ring by Rich Swan. Versus Diener brought to the ring by Violent by Design. This match went nine minutes, 42 <laughs> seconds. And what do you got to say about it? Besides I, sad choice and a winner. Yeah, I was going to say that was the surprise of the night. Cody Diener got the win. He almost never wins. And I guess they felt like they had to get him. to. He's usually the fall guy for design, right? Yeah. And I think we all wondered, like, at some point, are they just going to kick him out of this group? Because, you know, he's not getting it done. But I mean, we were all hoping. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah, so they uh, they put him over Willie Mack, and Willie Mack is a guy who's been booked strong by that company for the most part. So I'm a little surprised. This only made me wonder if Willie Mack's contract was up. <laughs> like, why did we yeah, this it? surprised me. I was like, wow, you want to make a Willie Mack match boring? Put Diener in it. Like Willie Mack is excellent in the ring. Yeah, but something about this match, I'm like, ooh. I just it think, almost felt like a break. Like, let me go get something to drink out of the kitchen while this is on. Yeah, I, 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 that's how I felt. And then I I thought, okay, this match isn't really for me. And, you know, but not only was it not for me, I felt like the wrong guy won, too. Like, wait, wait, what? You know, like, that was a surprise yeah. of it. Yeah, which wasn't a good surprise. But, and again, I just, it's his personal taste. I'm not really into Diener. Like you said, too, he doesn't really do it for me. I think his faces are kind of silly. I'm not buying the gimmick. And I'm just not interested in it, whereas Willie Mack, to me, has always been a good promo. He's great in the ring, and i just like to see this guy doing something else. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, we haven't kept up with Impact as much, so maybe this would have meant more to a week-to-week -week watcher. Joe Doring in this match would have meant more to me. Willie Mack versus Joe Doring would have been more interesting to me. Versus uh, anybody else. Diener, we talk about it all the time, how he's just the worst member of the group. The faces yeah. are weird. Like I feel like he had more of something when he was paired with Cousin for yeah. like the last year or so. And when they split that team up, Jake something looks like a star every time you see him in the ring. Yes. Big badass. And this dude is just floundering in this group. And yeah, they got the wrong he, guy. We got the wrong yeah. cousin. <laughs> to me, it almost brings down the group a little bit. But I mean, it is what it is. Following this match. Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green backstage, which the mat the match following this surprised me very much because, like you said earlier, the next match is Deanna Perrazzo and Matthew Raywalt versus Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. The match went nine minutes thirty four seconds, and I have a note written down that said this would have made a great final. This is yeah. where I thought the tournament would have gone. But I also didn't pay attention to where the brackets were broken down. So this yeah. is the semifinal. And was a I thought it was a good match. I personally thought it was over when Deanna Prazo locked on to Cardona's arm. And I thought, how interesting of a story would that be coming out of this match? But it wasn't to be. Yeah, I agree. And I think that more promotions, I don't know. I mean, obviously you don't want to affect your storylines, but man, let's pay attention to the temperature in the room. Cardona's a hot commodity right now in the wrestling biz. All right. He's got some buzz coming off of his appearance with GCW. GCW's got some buzz. Nick Gage was just on AEW. People know. People that follow Impact know that stuff. You know, anyone who might have tuned into this event, let's take advantage of that. Let's have a little fun and let's spot this guy a little more. I mean, they gave him the victory. They had a competitive match. And 
Cardona and Green, who are a real life couple and have had some wins, which they even put over in their interview before this, that they were the you know couple they were undefeated going into this, which was a nice little twist going into this match because it made you wonder like, okay, are they going to lose? Which they ended up, you know, which I could have saw this again. This is the match I could have saw going either way. So once Virtuoso and the Drama King win this match, to me it was apparent they were going to win the whole thing. So I guess that's the other thing in the booking, right? That's that's how I felt anyway. I didn't think it was going to be Decay. I didn't think it was going to be any other team. I thought these were the two teams. Whoever won this was going to be the winner. Yeah. And so, but I mean, there was a great match because of that. But uh, to me, after this, I kind of knew what direction we were going in. Uh, same here. I thought Cardona and Green were going to win it. But then once it was done, I'm like, oh, so this whole pay-per-view is built around debuting Matthew Raywall. Yes. And it almost seems like in turn pairing him with Deanna Perrazzo to give you these personalities going forward. So that makes Impact interesting this coming Thursday. But of all the things that Impact has that's interesting, this is what, third, fourth on the list? You yeah. got White there. You still have Kenny Omega bouncing around. Sure. There's more New Japan involvement. So wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be more interesting right now? Cardona, the GCW heavyweight champion, coming off that buzz. If Impact actually pushed that a little bit, and we had the GCW champion going after Kenny Omega for the Impact World Title, and it's Kenny Omega. Which don't get me wrong, there's a battle royal coming up. I guess on one of these episodes, and the winner of that battle royal is supposed to get a shot at Omega. Maybe I just talked myself into something I want to see, but I'd kind of be cool to see Cardona versus Omega right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're working their way there. You would like to hope so, because especially with the heat and the notoriety that Cardona got off of that win, yeah, you would think they'd be able to do something with it. But after this match, Missy Hyatt was interviewed backstage. Ryan Myers <clears throat> comes in. Sam Beal comes in. We get the Missy hitting Sam in the head with a purse spot. I thought this was good. I It brought together the Missy storyline, and this combined with the match overall, I would say, is a decent presentation on the night. It was a good kind of corny. It was a little corny, but it was a good kind of corny. Like You kind of laugh like, ah, all right. You know, yeah, you, you got to have that sports entertainment in there. I liked Brian's uh, mood coming into this you know, annoyed, like, what are we doing here? And yeah, yeah I thought this good. segment played out well, but the next match was, let me check my notes here. That is the next semifinal match. That's Rosemary and crazy Steve versus Tommy dreamer and Rachel Ellering. Not a bad match. It went 10 59. What? Just about the longest match of this tournament is, mm. Like the matches are progressively getting better as they go up. I I didn't see Rosemary and Crazy Steve winning, honestly. I thought with the Road Warrior face paint, you might advance them. Sure, I could see that where it's like kind of like because I was kind of leaning towards them too. I wasn't surprised. Once Cardona and Green are out of it, it's like, all right, who who's gonna win? Who's gonna lose at this point? See, I think the K was kind of the favorites in my mind still going into this, but I, I thought, given the nature that we already gave Dreamer and Rachel Owen the victory, and I thought it could be the feel good story. Well, Tommy will make it down to the finals with Rachel Owen. We'll see how they they get close, but they didn't go in that direction either. I thought, you know, they made uh, Dreamer and Owen look strong enough, but. At the end of the day, you know, now we got Decay, who's a real team, you know, so you have that. 
against, like we said before, the Virtuoso and Drama King. And I just thought that, again, at this point, I already knew where this pay-per-view was headed, or this show was headed. Yep. Next up, we got Eddie Edwards backstage, Uh, hyping up that match. Once again, not a main event I'm terribly excited for. It felt like maybe that was another problem I had with the show, where it felt like the homecoming was the centerpiece of this. Right. Then you're making this main event between Eddie Edwards, a guy I like to see in the ring, and W. Morrissey, who he's there. I mean, they're experimenting with the push. They're doing what they can, but just it is what it is. I didn't think Edwards was going to win going to this until I saw the homecoming finals, and I realized that the heels had won, and I thought, oh, they might – let Eddie win because they've been pushing Morrissey so hard. But that's another thing I don't like about Morrissey too is that name. Yeah, I gotta say that. Well, what did this promo do for this? Yeah, as I'm jumping ahead. ahead. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't get shit. <laughs> I was still disappointed in this. But anyway, let's let's go in order. Go ahead. Now, since we got the semifinals over with, the next match: Josh Alexander versus Black Taurus for the X Division title. Longest match of the show, 1608 at this point. All times are provided by cagematch.net. Wrestling database, awesome place for news, results, anything you need. But I I like this match, even though I wasn't, once again, terribly excited for it. This perked me up a little bit because Josh Alexander has been doing excellent things with that X Division title. Black Taurus, and it had the also the effect of being what the second singles match we've seen on the night, so that switched it up a bit. That was nice. Again, I think uh, a theme I feel like I'm having here with this show, though, with the booking. Again, another match where I didn't really see the outcome was in danger. I haven't seen Taurus as a, he's entertaining, but I didn't see him booked in a way they were going to put the title on him. So again, I just didn't feel that. You don't need to feel that in every show. Not every match is going to be like that. But I felt like that was one thing with this show. There was maybe two matches where I felt I wasn't sure about the outcome. Every other match, I felt like, okay, I know who's going to win this. I know who's going to win this. I now, like do you we think that's that. product of that being set up that way? Or do we watch too much wrestling? Do we talk too much wrestling? Do we think too much wrestling where <laughs> we're just looking at it and we're like, all right, that guy, that guy, that guy. Because that's what I was wondering. I wanted to know why I wasn't so excited for this event going in or why certain matches didn't pop me more yeah, I mean, than others. A little bit of both. A little bit of both, probably. You know? But, I mean, not to put over AEW so strong, but, like, man, like, I watched that show last week, and they had that Hangman Page, Dark Order versus the Elite. Like, part of me told me, like, that the elite was going to win that because I was like, they're not going to put the dark order over fucking the elite. But then I'm like, but hangman needs to get this title shot. So because hangman had been so strong and everything, like I didn't know who was going to win. And I was like, there's also a lot more excitement in AEW right now. All things AEW. Sure. It seems like every week is big and yeah, it's the hot. I, 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 I mean, I've said in the past where like, I try not to be like the big mark for those guys, but like right now I just think, you're kidding yourself if you don't think that's the hottest show right now. You might disagree, and you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm going to say more people than not that are hardcore wrestling fans, like that's the show. If you're giving it an honest, fair look, and I feel like I'm very good at that, that's the hot show right now. Yeah, like even if you're not a fan of the wrestling, you're not a fan of the people that put on the show, what AEW has behind it for Buzz coming I'd like to say coming out of this COVID time, but it almost feels like we're about to be half back in it now. There's a lot of 
exciting things happening for the next six months that hopefully will roll out the way they should. And just like a sidebar here real quick, too. Like, we're talking about hot shows and stuff like that. Like, it kills me to say it because I'm a big NXT fan and I like NXT still. But, like, SmackDown's been a better show lately because there's more of a hot crowd and there's some other stuff. And part of it is Pat McAfee is great on commentary. The main event stuff has been built so well. And fucking WWE, not necessarily NXT, but fucking McMahon or whoever killed the fucking push of the world champion where you're watching him job out on Raw and then he comes back here supposed to be this dominant guy whereas I'm still excited for TakeOver but I'm just like... Talking about Cross. Cross, yes. For, yes, thank you. Pronouns, pal. Uh, you know, let's fucking... Uh, let's get the fucking belt on Samoa Joe already because I'm just like, you know... I know I'm going off on a tangent now but to me it's like... It, it, AEW it is so fucking hot. about the excitement of your product and that's right. one thing that we both felt that this was lacking. Yes. But after this match, the Matthew Raywalt and Deanna Perrazzo interviewed backstage. And I think that's where the excitement for this show is. The debut of Raywalt yes. and the teaming of Perrazzo. Yes. And the next match is the finals of the homecoming tournament. Deanna Perrazzo and Matthew Raywalt versus Rosemary and Crazy Steve. Match went 11 minutes, 15 seconds. And I'd have to say easily the best match on the show. Yeah, yeah, it was a great showcase too. And they really um, ramped it up. It was interesting to see how each round of this tournament, the matches got a little bit better each way. And I don't know if it was to build to something like this. I'm curious to see if they'll uh, continue using these two together and keep the crown gimmicks and stuff like that. I know maybe it's a little similar to like a, a king of the ring, if you will, but I personally think it kind of fits these two. Yeah, it's a good way to debut them. I mean, even if you didn't keep the crowns, if you keep that attitude, you keep the pairing. I think the pairing is strong, and that is probably the most excitement to me coming out of this. What if you put the X Division title on at some point? I mean, Josh, I was in it, deserves it, but Josh could always go on, and Van Josh could feud with Kenny or somebody at some point. I'm just saying, like, so, but that would let, you know, put a little more gold on this team, too. You know, you could have something there. I would be down with it just depending on how that story progresses going forward. We'll have to see how impact is this week coming out of it. Now, following this match, we had Stryker and D'Lo backstage. There was a video package hyping Eddie Edwards and W. Morrissey. And last match of the night, W. Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards. This thing went 18 minutes, 34 seconds. What do you got to say about it? I don't have a whole lot to will, say, but it's I'll, also probably my lack of excitement on the I show. I will say one nice thing about this. I'm glad Eddie Edwards won. Unlike the match earlier with Dina and Mac, where I wasn't looking forward to, and I thought the wrong guy won, this match I wasn't looking forward to, and I thought the right guy won. You know, Edwards comes out strong, and I think at the end of the day, Morrissey, yeah, he's got the look, and you can argue more potential, but... He's just not hot right now. He's not connecting. And I think Edwards is, you know, he's your guy. And again, not I, I throw a couple names out here. I talked to Josh Alexander. I talked to Gona. We got the Battle Royal coming up for Impact. Edwards is one of those Impact guys, right? He's one of those mainstay Impact guys. He's been holding down lot. the main event for a little while for him. It, make, it makes a lot of sense for him to take on Kenny Omega. And those guys could have a great match together, I'm sure, too. Yeah, both having roots in Japan now. Now that we've covered the whole show, we want to make it clear that this isn't a session to shit on Impact. This no. isn't taking time to downplay them. We watch the show because Impact as a brand has been getting our attention. Maybe not week to week, but we catch those big shows. And 
I just noticed a lack of heat on this show, a lack mm. of, you know, kind of a sense of purpose outside of the Ray Walt debut in Perazzo. Yeah, they set up a couple of nice things possibly going forward. So there's some good out of this, too. I would say maybe we set something up with Edwards, possibly, you know, a world title situation. We'll see. And, you know, maybe something with the king and the queen here. Yep. Like I said, the drama king. and PD Williams going forward. Yes. So there's some stuff that, that they set up possibly that could be fun out of this. It wasn't, you could have missed this event. Sorry, it is what it is. But, you know, it possibly set some fun stuff ahead. If you're a diehard Impact fan, you know, there's some good stuff here. But at the end of the day, yeah, it was a missable pay-per-view, a missable show. But it didn't make me any, I, I'm still interested in impact and what they're doing in the future and again it's a great time to be a wrestling fan overall still people because you still got all this cooperation going with all these different companies so yep and i'll give them a positive the way they display their crowd it's not a huge crowd right. but like wwe they make it work and that's the one negative i think of roh is they have that same small crowd but they're spread out so much that it just it doesn't look as good on camera with impact they're not super close to the ring. There's not a ton of people, but they fill the screen. It looks good. And I'll watch the next Impact pay-per-view that comes up. So, guys, check us out again next week because your boys, we're going to be hitting the road. NEW WrestleFest. We're going to be there. We're going to be there, baby. We're going to be like there. Like it or not, we're going to be all up in you, Poughkeepsie, and we'll yeah. talk to you later. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 